Welcome to the Smut Hut Podcast, where a group of friends make it their mission to consume as much fanfiction as possible. There's love, angst, fluff, drama, action, but most importantly, there's smut. Join us this week as we talk with a very special guest about which story got us hot under the collar. Welcome to the Smut Hut Podcast. Let's go ahead and introduce our hosts. I am Michelle, aka Capitan Pohammerin and um, Cap- Commander Capitan on Tumblr and Twitter. This is Sophia. I'm R2, give me the D2 here in the Smud Hut. You can find me as Our Lady of Rebellion on Tumblr and AO3 and at Lady of Rebellion on Twitter. Hi, this is Kay. I am Blowjob of the Hut and I am Dark Lady Kay, D-R-K-L-D-Y-K-A-Y on Tumblr and Twitter. Hey everyone, it's Mariana. I am Death Dama on Twitter. That's Death D-A-M-A, and I'm also Death Dom on Tumblr, a.k.a. A New Ho, with a silent P. <laughs> never not be funny to me. It's never not good. Yeah, no, it's, it's never not, not good. It's, it's never not, not going to be funny. Always say it correctly. Today, the maker has blessed us with an interview known as Destiny's Written on Tumblr and Destiny's on AO3 and Kofi and Destiny's Fic on Twitter. She is the author of one of our most favorite Raylo fanfics, Tactical Surrender, as well as the highly anticipated and upcoming Tactical Alliance. Please welcome Chell. Yay! Yay! Hey guys, thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm really excited to be here. No problem. We're excited excited to to have you. you. Yes, absolutely. And just for our listeners out there, note that this episode is going to contain some major spoilers for Tactical Surrender. If you haven't read it yet, like, pause this, go read it, come back. It's so good. Unless you think spoilers are an advertisement, in which case you should feel free to listen Mm -hmm. on. Yeah, you should. (laughs) Fine. Absolutely. Fine, fine, fine. (laughs) All right. Um... So, Chell. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? Oh, doing great, doing great. It's good to see you, good to meet you. Um, to start out our interview today, we have some rapid-fire questions that were provided to us by uh, Picarito and Audrey Fan Forever on Twitter, along with some contributions from our podcast host. So I'm just going to... Um, go quickly and you just answer like the first thing that comes to mind, just kind of like a get to know you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. All right. Your favorite food? Uh, potatoes. Favorite season? Autumn. Uh, uh, <laughs> actor and actress? Um, oh, did you say actor, actress? Yeah. Uh, Jillian Anderson. Yes. Oh, good. Yes. Um, favorite book? Okay. This is a terrible question. Can I say favorite Star Wars <laughs> yeah, book? Uh, sure. 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 <laughs> Um, my favorite <laughs> Star Wars book is Bloodline by, by Claudia Gray. Very good. Very good. Uh, favorite film? Um, Princess Bride. Ooh, nice. Oh. It's a classic. Totally. Super. Yeah. Constantly quoted around our household. Who would you trust more? Be Kylo or Porg Kylo? <gasps> <laughs> okay. So I would say be Kylo, except the other day I saw Rito say on Twitter that he would, like, sell you to for one corn chip. So I guess it's going to have to be... <laughs> I guess it's going to have to be poured Kylo. Um, favorite fandom other than Star Wars? Um, Marvel. And your favorite curse word? Ah! Um, if it's not Criff, think... I'm going home. 
I think it's. <laughs> if it's not curse, <laughs> I'm not going to. Do fake curse words even count? Sure. Yeah. We'll, well count then it. it's. Then it's Criff because I don't want anyone to go home. But I think my favorite real life curse word has to be like fuck because it's it's classic. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It's yes, a very dependable absolutely. curse word. Oh wait, I'm at my home. I guess I can't. <laughs> You're not my going anywhere. anywhere. <laughs> You're not going anywhere. All right. Oh my goodness. Let's move into um, slightly slightly uh, more involved questions. So this question was sent to us by Picarito on Tumblr. But it's something that we're really all dying to know. What is your favorite trope in fanfic? So, for example, you know, the inn with one bed, or it's cold and they have to huddle together for warmth. What's your favorite trope in fanfic? Um, do I have to pick one? We'll, we'll let you know. Yeah, no. Just start, you know, just give us, just your, give us top your top three. Head. Give us your top yeah. three. Okay. Yeah. Um... There's one I don't know really know if this is a trope, but I think I was I was thinking about this and I think I've written like I haven't written a fic without this, which is like going undercover at a fancy dress party. Oh yeah. Ooh. Like just, you know, everybody gets really glitzed up, like you look at each other like, "Oh, that they look oh no. Oh shit, they look good." No. Um <laughs> then um, Oh no, this person that I hate is oh. really hot. Now I don't oh, hate no, them so hot. much. Um, I mean, Enemies to Lovers is a really good one. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. a really, really big Hurt Comfort fan. Mm. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I just like, you, you have to make them suffer so that they can unsuffer. Right. Yeah. Um, so they can be happy in the end. And I think that was three. I'm going to put in a shout out <laughs> to, to sharing a bed because bed sharing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That, that always reminds me of that, um, there was a like gift set on Tumblr where it started out being like, you know, even if someone else has done this trope, you've never written this trope, it's never been written from your perspective, you should still do it. And then as you go down like through the comments, it's like, there was only one bed and it's a gif of someone throwing a table. Have you seen that one? Yeah, I have. That is it's my so favorite. Good. It makes me laugh every time. And whenever someone asks about fanfiction tropes, that's what I think of every single time. Yeah. I mean, like, it's one... All variations of that trope are good, right? It's like there's only one bed at the inn. It's like they have to snuggle for warmth. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I got a shout-out mm-hmm. to that one episode of Star Wars Rebels that, like, did the enemies to lovers they have to huddle for warmth trope. Oh, yeah. But not lovers. Like, only enemies to friends because it's, it's like... Quote-unquote, a, kid a kids show? Right. Yeah, we see you, yeah. Disney. Yeah. We yeah. see you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was just like classic. It's like they were stranded on an ice planet and they only had one shield generator. I mean, sorry, like, yeah, warmth. Wait, Star Wars wait, warmth what? generator TM what? No, there's, between so there's, them. There's another show called Star Wars Rebels. Okay, yes, I know about that, but there, okay. there's an enemy, there's, a, there's a bed sharing there? Essentially. Oh, man, my yeah. mind is so blown right now. <laughs> it's, it's so good. And then they, like, the, you know, PG-13, they hate though. each other. But then they, like, get a begrudging mutual respect, and then one of them keeps a souvenir from this little adventure. Like, it's it's really classic. It's just such an, a classic execution of the trope that the entire time I was watching the episode, I was like, what? Yeah, because I think when we see that, especially now that we're grown-ups who read smut, mm-hmm. we're programmed to expect sex to happen. Right. <laughs> and so when it doesn't, it's like, wait, what? something's missing. Because for yeah. me, the weirdly the first time that i got or rather the first time that i realized that that trope was meant to be sexy 
was reading mm-hmm. um, Jacqueline Carey's uh, Cushiel Saga. Oh, yes. Do we know about this? Yes. Kay knows yes. about this. BDSM <laughs> all day. Oh, yeah. It's, it was nice. basically the trilogy <laughs> okay, that told me who I was. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a scene between uh, Phaedra and Jocelyn it, literally in a cave, literally huddling together for warmth. And he gets an awkward boner. And I was just like, oh, that's why they put this in shows. That's why. Got it. As, as oh a romance gosh. novel reader, I'm just going to uh-huh. be upfront that this is like something that happens in all romance novels across yeah. the earth. A little bit. You should like, you should just absolutely watch that one episode of Star. I mean, you should watch all of Star Wars Rebels. Uh, it's <laughs> yes. a good show, actually, but um, that one episode is going to blow your mind because you're going to be like, where is this going? Where is it going? Oh, like. Then they pull back no. and you're like, all right, so, fine. All right. Fine. Y'all fine. are talking about quote unquote um, fade to black. Y'all are talking about some like delicious smut and stuff like that with like huddling for warmth. And my mind, the second you guys said that, went to one of the first movies I watched that had that that was actually a comedy and it's without a paddle. I don't know if you all ever saw that movie, but it's basically four no. guys that go out into the wilderness. Uh, oh, yes. oh, I have oh, seen this. old men. Yeah. Seth Green Seth is in Green this. is in it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and Dutch yeah, Shepherd, I've seen that one. And they end up in a cave, and they, like, at this point are all, like, four, they're just, like, fighting, and then it starts raining, so they have to huddle for warmth, and they play, like, R. Kelly in the background while they're, like, <laughs> oh, huddling <God>. together. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, these... uh, Hashtag problematic. There you go, Sophia, four husbands. <laughs> um, I don't think I can handle that many. <laughs> My body was not, I don't think, built for more than two. Um, <laughs> more than two. All right. Okay. All right. Um, our next question is from Mixie, uh, false bravado on Twitter, a.k.a. one of your beta readers for Tactical Surrender. And she wants to know, how do you, a noted Rayx shipper, live with yourself? <laughs> yes, um, how, how do you live with yourself? I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, Mix and I have known each other for a long time, and uh, she already knows that I live with myself, like, very shamefully. But it's not my <laughs> fault. It's, it's not my not... fault that Donald Gleason has the face that he has. No, I know, like, right? He does. Oh, it's God. his fault, It's I totally think. his fault. You know, and when I first read... Oh, go ahead. Oh, you know, it's, to- it's totally his fault, and we, y- you know, it's, it's not our fault that, A, he's a ginger with blue eyes... We didn't, you know, I mean, no, no one told him to do that. It. No one told him to do Nobody. that. And then secondly, when he grows his beard in, it's just so ridiculously plush that it's mm-hmm. just like, mm-hmm. I immediately, like upon seeing his, like her suit visage go into like a feline state of mind. And I just want to like arch my back and just like rub it up against his chin. <laughs> Yeah, I I, I would I, I was definitely surprised when I was watching the Harry Potter series and I was like, what is Hux doing Whoa. on screen? Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, he's a what Weasley. Is he's the oldest he's... Weasley. What? Yeah, exactly, exactly, Maria. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there are only there are only seven actors in Britain, so we should really know better than. Sorry to our British listeners. I swear, I'm seeing you on a SoundCloud. We we love you. Yes, don't we see don't you. stop we listening. Love you. <laughs> And our Scottish listener. I just remember watching the first time the hugs came on screen, and I'm like, wow, Disney's really going to do that to me. Okay, fine. Just add him. Go ahead. Fine. 
Yep, you really, yeah. really did that. When, when I first read the question, I thought it said Raylux, because... Well, I mean, that's also kind of not false. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean... Because I think... We're on, that, yeah, I think, we're on that ship. Yeah, I think Michelle and yeah. I have first-class tickets on that ship. Yeah, we're going <laughs> down with it. Yeah. We're... We're dressing we know in our is coming. yeah. We're putting we're on our best on evening ship. wear and we're sipping champagne on the deck as we just drive straight into that perfect storm. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so our next question is from Susan. She emailed in uh, on a subject that is near and dear to our own Dark Lady Kay's heart. <gasps> Do you read romance novels? If so. How do you find them similar or different to fan fiction? Um, hey, Susan. So I, um, the answer to this question is a little involved. I am not currently a romance novel reader. However, my mom was from the, like, the ages, when I was age, like, 9 to 14. And we always had this gigantic collection of romance novels around the house. And, like, when you're an 11-year-old kid, you're like, oh, what's, what's this about? What's this mm-hmm. about? And then you like, then there are things that you still remember that you read when she wasn't looking that like continue to affect you <laughs> to this day. Um, my heart. But another really, there another really fun thing is that um, I mean my mom loved romance novels for a time. She was a member of the Romance Writers of America. <gasps> like, Can I just fangirl over here for a second? <laughs> Which is, like, the Romance uh, Writers Association, and she hasn't um, published any romance novels herself, but she would, like, judge their contest. Oh, my God. Did she get advanced readers' copies? Because I'm dying. She's sweating. She's sweating over here. (laughs) Um, Hard-carrying member. Holy shit. The one that she did, the ones that she did, she always got, like, um, little excerpts and then, like, a, a plot treatment and an outline. And it was, you know, like, you would get your book published if you won the contest. And she would sometimes tell me, uh, her 14-year-old daughter, like, about the basic premise of some things, if they were, like, kind of cute or kind of clever. So I feel Mm -hmm. like I picked up a lot of romance novel stuff by osmosis. Um, (laughs) Like, when, um, like, my betas would always, when they would, like, tease me about the Huck stuff. And I was like, is it... Is it really a romance novel if you don't have some sort of like weird S and M threat from an outside third party? <laughs> and one of them was like, "It's not my kind of romance novel if it doesn't have that." Yeah, it's I know. Not a complete story. I mean, one of them was like, "I mean, you're joking, but that's really a thing." And I was like, "I know, I know it's a thing. That's why I said <laughs> it." Joking. I said what I said. So I said, mm-hmm. "Yeah, that gift." I said what I said. So how do you? <laughs> How do you find, uh, so the experience you do have with romance novels, do you find any similarities between, between those and, uh, and fan fiction at all? Or at least like in your fiction? Yeah. I mean, so it's really interesting because we say romance novels as if they're a monolith and there really aren't. Correct. Um, because romance, I mean, I, I, and I know you guys know that, but like romance novels cover all sorts of different genres and the thing that they have in common is the romantic vein and there's a lot of that in fan fiction as well like fan fiction really goes all over the place i think sometimes fan fiction gets even a little bit more involved in like the chosen premise than romance novels do because um especially when you go into sort of like when you when you're talking about the world building side of things because we already have an attachment to character 
when you go into fan fiction. You're already emotionally attached to whoever you want to read about, so you don't have to take as much time introducing them and establishing them because they are already established in some form in the reader's heads. If it's an AU, you might have to establish like what your version of them is, but like, you know, you're already on board. Whereas in a romance novel, you have to take that sort of time, you have to set up who these people are because you're meeting them for the first time. And I think that sometimes keeps you from maybe going in all the way on um, on the world building, whereas something like, you know, for example, let's say that there is a fic that is an eSports AU. You can spend a lot of time going into the eSports part. Um, and I love Play to Win. Yes! yes. Uh, and I, and, I, yes, I, right. and I, I actually, I love um, eSports. So when someone was like, there's a Raylo eSports AU, I was like, there's a Raylo eSports AU? Like, yes. Um, yeah. And I think she just does a fantastic job of introducing people who don't know anything about that world to that world. Yeah. Um, yes. And I feel like because there aren't, I mean, because you know the characters already, because there aren't really any sort of word limitation constraints on fan fiction, you can go as deep as you want into the world that you've established, Where, um, whereas with traditional publishing, you're not always able to do that. All right. And actually, speaking of world building, that kind of leads us to our next question, um, which is, you know, here on the podcast, we've talked about how we really love author's notes and world building in fan fiction. We are also really big fans of Praise Kink. (laughs) What are some things that you look for to read in a fic, both smutty and non-smutty? Okay, well, I you guys are after my own heart because I also really love world building. and these days, especially writing canon verse fic, and I've talked to other writers who say the same thing, I prefer to read AU. Because um, I guess you you don't want to accidentally borrow someone else's idea, or you don't necessarily want to get thrown by their, uh, by other interpretations of the characters that you're trying to write. You know, you want to k- kind of keep that to yourself. So um, it's easier to read AU when, you write, when you're writing canon verse, or that's been my experience. Interesting, and interesting. In a good, and in a good AU, you really want there to be a fully realized world um i also look for i guess it's fun you need the right balance of like conflict and relief for that tension to be maintained um and i guess thinking about reading a lot of long form au fix like that's you you want the conflict to be there right (laughs) um but you also don't want it to be so heavy all the time uh, in terms of other things, uh, gosh, I don't know. I feel like you should, I have some people who, if I'm like in the mood to just read like a one-off smut, I will like, I am them and be like, so, hey, have you read anything you think I would like lately? Oh yeah. And then you gotta have a network. They just, they'll be like, I got yeah. you. Yeah, we, we do. do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, really yeah um, we, we have our, we have our chat that's just for us and this us four in the smut hut and then we also have our dumpster fire family chat and we get so many recommendations like right now mm-hmm. i have like 10 plus mm-hmm. tabs open um, on my chrome girl so many things that are just sort of like in the queue for me to yeah. read it's like it's really kind of prolific i think the the amount of things that are out there you're never at a lack for reading material when it comes to fan fiction facts um, um but I think uh, now that I'm old, I'm not that old. Um, in my in my fandom old age, uh, no, because I've I've been in fandom for um, pretty much like half my life, and uh, I think now I mostly go on recommendations from friends and other people I trust to find fic. Yeah, I don't go looking so much anymore. So it's not like I'm 
I'm not necessarily out there browsing AO3, but someone right. is. Right, yes. And, you then have they, and then they report, back, they report back to me. Yeah, you have someone who curates those for you. I mean, I, I don't, like, awesome. I, I don't say, like, someone, like, there's, like, one, like, my butler, like, one. <laughs> <laughs> your smut butler? Oh, oh who can be the smut butler here? Can that be your smut hut name? <laughs> no, it's not like I'm, I'm, like, you know, Jeeves, get me the good stuff. <laughs> Um, but you know, I'm in a, I'm in a few different like, uh, discords and I have some friends who are really avid fanfic readers and everybody's, you know, swapping fics and making recommendations to each other. We're going to move, uh, into what we decided to label our meaty questions. Uh, Mm -hmm. so these are going to be questions that are more geared toward tactical surrender and your own writing. Uh, and then of course the very much anticipated tactical alliance. Uh, and, let's not talk about. Let's 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 talk about. <laughs> uh, and then uh, also, uh, of course, the new uh, collaborative fic that you're doing, the Commander and the Cook. Um, wait, who's uh? Sorry, who's um? Voiced implosives. Voiced implosives. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and so to the to the lovely listeners, if you do not already know, uh, Destiny's AKA Shell has teamed up with Voiced Implosives of Go I Know Not Whither to Fetch I Know Not What Fame. To bring us the Kylo Kirill six chapter, like twins across the galaxies bromance love fest that we didn't know that we needed, called the Commander <laughs> and the Cook on AO3, and you need to subscribe today. So we just want to let you know it's already at two chapters. Uh, a lot is happening. So let's go ahead and dive into our more meaty questions. So we got a question that was kind of um. We got questions that were from people. Uh, we noticed that there was a lot of sort of relation between these questions. We decided to just kind of smush them together into a little bit of a question turducken. Mm-hmm. So it's a combo from uh, Mixie, aka a false bravado, uh, the little things, and voiced implosives and Ecotron. So, how do you, Chell, aka Destinies, make choices? How do you make choices about plot? and or characterization in your writing and especially what were some of the more dramatic changes if any when you were going into tactical surrender um i mean it's funny because i'm um i'm still plotting tactical alliance right now just in terms of like getting everything finalized because i Mm -hmm. have the arc of everything but Mm -hmm. right now it's still like i have the early chapters figured out but it's a little bit plot soup uh, just in the sense that there's a lot of stuff all jumbled together, and I guess the challenge is to sort of strain the soup, as it were, <laughs> to sort of to get everything, all the good stuff in there, so that only the stuff that makes sense and like goes in a logical order stays. Yeah, so I really appreciate that metaphor about it being a sort of soup that you have to strain, uh, or, or a puree, a pleasure yeah, puree. Yeah, I would say a puree is much better. Uh, so, so moving from that, to what extent are these decisions that you're making influenced by reader comments? Because now that Tactical Surrender is over and you've gotten loads of feedback on that, um, how is that affecting you? How, or rather, how did that affect you while you were publishing Tactical Surrender? And how is that affecting you going into Tactical Alliance? Well, first of all, I want to apologize for all the food metaphors because I've been watching a lot of Chop. <laughs> no, please um, do not apologize. <laughs> Chop is very close to my heart. Uh, food, food reality TV is like the only reality TV that I watch. 
It's, oh, it's amazing. So, no, please please continue with these food metaphors. I, I'm for yeah, it. Yeah, we're Forever. here for it. Um, well, so, so reader input didn't influence TS too much, except in one major way, uh, which is that early on a reader reminded me that I forgot something really important in my outline. Oh. And I'm really embarrassed. They didn't remind me in the sense that they were like, hey, did you forget to do this thing? They were just like, they were like, this, and this is, this is really embarrassing, but it's also hilarious in retrospect. They were like, oh my God, I can't wait to see what happens when Kylo finds out about Ray's mission. And I was like, uh, shit, I, I can't wait to find out what happens then either. <laughs> Holy shit. And I realized that I'd forgotten that moment that's like two thirds of the way through every, you know, rom-com when someone figures out someone's deception or lie. And it's not, obviously mm-hmm. TS is not a rom-com, but that's like really important. Like that would have to come up at some point. So it was kind of the kind of the thing that you told us at the beginning of the story. Yeah, yeah, it, it was kind of the thing. You know, the premise of the story. And like when I when I first plotted out the premise of the story, I was really just looking for a way to get these two characters in the same room again. Oh yeah. So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I started writing it about half an hour after I walked out of the theater. Um, after I saw the wow. last one for the first time. Wow. Wow. So, yeah. That's amazing. Um, yeah, and then the first two scenes I wrote were, like, Ray's goodbye to Finn, which originally was the thing that, like, explained what her mission was. And then uh, chapter five, which is the scene where they were in the first room together. And obviously that grew um, a lot because uh, the sex scene is no longer in chapter two. And which is, which is, I think, I think the fic is better for that. But of course, so like, I wasn't really thinking like, oh, like, you know, this is predicated on the deception. So the deception is going to have to be a big thing. And I was like, I was just like, this deception is what's going to allow these two characters to bone. Uh. And so when that. Yes. How do we get there? Yeah. So when that first reader was like. How do we get there? Oh man, he's going to be. He's going to be so crushed. And I was like, oh, my God, he is going to be so crushed. <laughs> yeah, he probably should find out about Yeah, he should. And, I, and like, um, so then I had to sort of, like, replot, not too hard, because um, there was always going to be that reverse throne room moment when he rejected her. Um, but in my first draft, and, and obviously it's a lot better with the betrayal, because in the first draft, he was just sort of, like, a dick for no reason, which he is sometimes, to be fair. Right. And, like, Classic it's, it's Kylo. Like, I don't think no he, reason. I mean, like, deception or no deception, he wasn't really in a place to want to go back to the resistance, like, emotionally. Yeah. Like, he probably wouldn't want to go back to his, to, like, being his under his mom's thumb. Like, there are all sorts of reasons mm-hmm. why he wouldn't want to go back to the resistance with Rey, but it's a lot more powerful. I mean, the fact that she has been lying to the beginning makes that rejection a lot more powerful emotionally for both of those characters. Oh, yeah, yes. And mm-hmm. what I really appreciated about that scene uh, near the end of TS was when he tells her to go and then the force lightning crackles around his fingers. Oh, man. Like, just that, because I'm just thinking, like, cinematically... That would literally just be, like, less than 30 seconds of footage, but yeah. it has such a weight. And yeah, I, just wanna, I just want to personally so thank you for that. Yes. <laughs> because it was yes. so illustrative of just his rage yeah. and, like, his feelings it, of betrayal. It informs so much about what's going on 
with it like internally for that character it yes i agree thousand percent perfect i was going to say i don't want to ruin the romance of that moment but i uh came up with it when i was in a panera on lunch break um, so, <laughs> being a writer you is- heard it here first loyal listeners this is how you get the good writing done you go to Panera on right. your lunch break on your lunch break being a yes. writer is really yes. glamorous the other thing I think this was a minor thing but near the end of TS um, so uh, so there was a talk there was talk a couple of weeks ago um, among writers especially on Twitter I don't think it made it to Tumblr but just about how people are really how commenters can be really hard on Ray, um, much more than I think us writers expect them to be. Uh, and there have been several theories for why this mm-hmm. is. I mean, uh, you have internalized misogyny, but you also have that she's the protagonist, so we expect everything she does to be right and and good. Um, and obviously, she is sort of framed as the moral center of this trilogy. I would say so. It can be really frustrating for her to do something that you don't agree with. Um, but also, you know, people expect Ben to be the bad one. She's the good one. Um, but also maybe we do, maybe, maybe we, as a generalization, do heap a little bit too much expectation of emotional labor upon her. So there's a lot there. Um, but, uh, I, I noticed this, um, because I was sort of being a little tricky at the end of TS2, um, because Ray's not a super reliable narrator in those last few chapters. She kind of go- she goes back to the resistance after becoming like majorly heartbroken. Yeah, so Ray goes back Ray goes back to the resistance. Um and she is super duper just trying to hold it together and act as if everything's normal. And in her narration, she is, you know, she sort of describes herself very distantly doing things that if she weren't being so matter of fact about them, you'd be like, "Oh, maybe that's bad." Like you know, she doesn't sleep for a long time. She doesn't eat. She, like, hides from her friends. Um, you know, she starts randomly crying. But, like, in the narration, she's just, like, super super casual about it. She's just like, oh, I didn't... She didn't even realize, and then she just leaves. Um, and But I really, I really appreciate that because, you know, one of the things that we don't... Um, or rather, one of the things that I feel like we don't get we don't get to see addressed a lot in the Star Wars cinematic universe, and this probably happens more in the novelizations, and it's certainly something that comes up in fan fiction, is just sort of addressing the trauma mm-hmm. of these characters. Yeah. Um, even going back to the original trilogy, you know, Luke Skywalker is raised by his aunt and uncle. He wants to make something of himself. He has a plan for what his life is going to be like. He's like, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go to the academy. I'm going to be a pilot. Uh, and then all of a sudden he comes back. His home is totally fucking destroyed. Yep. And he gets mm-hmm. thrust into the middle of this war on the legacy of a father that he doesn't know. And, like, what does that That's do That's not, I mean, and, and yeah, this... not even to mention Leia, whose home planet is destroyed, who finds out right. her. And then has to yeah, and then go on fighting this yeah, war. Yeah, and then, you know, at the end of yeah, so Ray was an unreliable narrator in the last few chapters of TS when she didn't really want to deal with the fact that she had her heart broken. And that, um, some people interpreted that as her, like, not feeling anything or her sort of, like, being very callous about the whole situation, um, which is not truly what was going on with her. So I think that the only ri- l- little tweak that I made based off of that feedback was when we got... Um, uh, Ben's perspective when we got Kylo's perspective in the epilogue was to have him like actively notice her and comment on it 
I really wanted to make sure that Ben noticed that about her, so it was made very explicit in the text. Kind of brought that in based on reader comments uh, to make sure that they're picking up on how Ray's actually dealing with, or not dealing well with, yeah. with the I whole thing. I think he described her as, I don't remember, like listless or muted at one point, just the the idea that she was sort of, there was a lot going on with her internally that she was just suppressing, um, and that sort of led to everything else um, getting tamped down as well. That's depression for ya. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Um, I'm really glad that you were able to find a way to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I don't want to say compromise because I don't. I don't believe that you made a lot of compromises in your story because I think that it's it's very bold in a lot mm -hmm. of ways. What I will say is that I think it's really great that you were able to take that feedback and you were able to turn it into something that really fed the story and really built up Ray's character and really illustrated that, you know, this is this is the way someone like Ray would act in this environment and, and given her background and mm -hmm. being put in the situation that she's been put in with Kylo, um, whether or not, you know, she surrendered to it. Kay's favorite scene is uh, the voyeur scene in chapter 13. And for our, our loyal listeners, uh, this is a big spoiler. So uh, if, if, you, if you thought that you could handle the spoilers, uh, but you realize that you can no longer handle the spoilers. Is it though? <laughs> is it a big spoiler? I mean, I mean it's all it's just a universe. smut spoiler. It's a smut spoiler. Mm -hmm. uh, but in, in chapter 13, Kylo proposes to Rey that they should have sex in front of Hux. Oh my god, saying that out loud, it sounds so much worse. They were already having sex, and then Hux was gonna come right. in, and he was just like, we shouldn't stop having sex. And Ray's like, what? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, we shouldn't, it'll be fine. Well, we were wondering what inspired that. Oh god, I don't even know. I think it was something that was in there from very early on that I wanted them to be walked in on. Maybe I just have, a, maybe that's another trope that I like, is just like people getting walked in on. Um, I mean, it ended up being actually kind of important to the plot yeah. a, a bit, because that's when Hux sort of like starts really getting ideas about how to use Ray and his like devious schemes that are doomed to fail. Um, but I just like I just I just thought it would be kind of neat. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's valid. That's valid. Yeah, it's valid. I, uh, it was in the it was in the plot soup. Um, yeah. It uh, yeah, and, I, it was and I was really fine and silky to... enough to make it through the stream. Right, right. <laughs> I was kind of nervous to um, to post it because. It was like one of those things that I didn't know if other people would think was neat, right? <laughs> I, I, so, did. I, I did. I, I, I did. I think we all did. I think we all we all thought it was rather neat. <laughs> I all I I know, and more people no, thought it was like more people were like, "Wow, I don't know why I thought that was hot, but it was kind of hot." And I was like, "That's good. That's the reaction that I wanted." I was really afraid that people would would be like, "Oh my gosh, how can you condone this deviant behavior?" <laughs> and um. And I didn't actually think people would say it like that because they would probably have better fake English accents <laughs> than that. Um, Shh, no one's Alba Gleason. Yeah. <laughs> um, but 
But just the, I mean, like, it, it is a little bit scandalous, mm -hmm. right? And, like, it's not necessarily, like, if you ship Raylo, you're automatically, like, cool with Hux being in the room. Right, right. So I thought there might be some backlash, but there actually wasn't. I am. Which is kind of I surprising. Am. Any, cool any, any time that, like, someone hot just walks into, like, more of the, like, things like i'm just i'm just down like raylo bone like, all you want and then just bring someone in on the third like it's just the, bring that's, someone else yes. to el i think bring in someone else who's hot like yeah, yeah i'm down I'm, as long why, as it's not snoke we're okay yeah that's why coloring I, your cheeks work so well and that's a we said it that's a thing i mean you 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 did specify that it had to be someone hot and i don't know that snoke's snoke qualifies oh. exactly but i'm sure that somebody is there, I mean, we're not we're not gonna knock it. Like, we're not judging. If yeah. you're if you're into like seven foot plus tall creepy dudes right? with scars on their faces uh -huh. and long claw like fingers, Super like if pale. that's that's what you like, that's what you like. If you are if you're into Slender Man, some people are into that. Some people are into that. You know what? And this is a safe space, and it's just like yeah, yeah. it is. You we're know, not it's that. not for me. But I can respect that it's for you. That's I, I'll respect it from all the way over here. Though. So. I thought it was really interesting because we don't often see a situation where Hux walks in on them and then doesn't join. Yeah, yeah. This is actually uh, very true. Yeah, this is this is actually uh, a, a, a counterpoint. Yeah, a <laughs> counterpoint to what we're used to in the in the smut hut. So all right. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm going to turn it over to Michelle. Speaking of threesomes, um, oh boy. <laughs> tell us more about why you chose to do a meta non-canon threesome in your non-canon fic calculated risks. What kind of dynamic um, between Kylo, Rey, and Hux needed to be played out here that couldn't be explored in Tactical Surrender? Okay, so they just needed to all bone without it affecting the plot. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes, on board. No, I mean... Sounds reasonable. Yeah. So there are there are a couple of things, right? So there's that. Um, and that had to do with... Uh, I um, I asked one of my, like, main sort of, like, one-off smut providers um, if she could get me some, some uh, Raylux one-shots. And she did, and they were very good, but they weren't exactly what I was looking for. And so, like, you know those, those, like, Tumblr posts that are supposed to, like, motivate you to do stuff, but, you know, sometimes come, over, come off a little bit enthusiastic, uh, over-enthusiastic, but are generally like, well, if it doesn't exist in the world, you should write it. And so I was like, okay. Um, and then I did. Uh, and I don't know necessarily that it doesn't exist in the world, but the idea was, um, and I think, I, I think Hux actually even says it in the story, is that... Um, you know, there's that quote that's often uh, m misattributed to Oscar Wilde that's like everything is about sex except for sex, which is about power. Right. Um, mm. And I, I mean, and, and that's what I thought, that's what I think is, is fun to explore basically in any, um, wow, this is a sentence that I'm going, that's going to like haunt me later. <laughs> that's, that's something, that's a concept that I think is really fun to explore in any sexual situation involving Hux. <laughs> Um, I need that embroidered so I can hang it on the wall. I can do that. I need a little cross stitch. <laughs> oh, don't make me don't make me regret this, guys. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no no no. This is a thing Bye. that we will fangirl over yes. 
far into the future. Absolutely. It's just, it's that, it's like, um, as he sort of presented in, not, I don't, I don't even want to say, like, the movie's canon, because in movie's canon, he is, like, rightfully a bit of a joke. Mm. Um, like, uh, and I feel like the novels do a good job of fleshing him out as, like, yeah, this guy, he's over-arrogant, his pride is his downfall, but you should be a little bit afraid of him. He's got, like, an army. Yeah. Don't forget about that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so that's the sort of thing that I think plays into that really well, because, uh, because Canon Hux is a character that I don't see necessarily getting involved in a sexual situation unless there's something in it for him yeah or right. unless he has unless total he has control over control. the situation yeah yes. yeah. F- yeah fandom hux for me is so much better than uh actual star wars disney hux um and i think you're absolutely right i think that the current character as he stands in the movies is a little bit of a joke and he's just got that sort of like sniveling like whiny voice that oh, I but think he has the best facial expression but he does oh and gosh. that that is the, yes. sort of the only anchor that's sort of the only anchor um because regardless of the the character characterization that uh gleason is pulling off with the the voice gleason's like actual acting chops are coming through in hux's facial expressions um and just just the the way that he looks at kylo and the way that he looks at the hologram of snoke it's the little thing that gives you this it's it's that's actually the thing that to me links him to the hux that i've come to know in the fandom Mm -hmm. and you're you're absolutely right we should be a little bit more afraid of hux um so the last jedi we have that scene where kylo's waking up on the throne room floor and hux is like if he had not woken up i would have just shot this motherfucker in the face just like take care of this problem right. you know because what what people who don't know if they don't have any um if they don't have any interaction with the the novelizations or with the fandom and what the fandom mm-hmm. has taken from the novelizations and ran with is that we are dealing with a very powerful man who has daddy issues um, so circling back to, to tactical surrender um <laughs> we had a question about what were the funnest parts of ts for you to write and which parts made you blush the hardest? Um, we also had a fan submission from Audrey Fan Forever that had a similar question that was, um, what is your favorite line of dialogue? And do you care to give us any examples of any of these three? Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, I think, honestly, the, the funnest, the most fun parts to write and the ones that, like, really just flowed really well Um are basically all of the scenes where where it's just sort of like Ray and Kylo in a room and they're just talking to mm-hmm. each other. Um, and they're talking about lightsabers or they're talking about calligraphy or they're talking about, um, you know, uh, he takes her to, like, see a flower and just all of those, like, little... It's funny because, like, I feel like we, you know, we're all here. It's the smut hut. We're all here for the smut hut. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I'm and so glad. I, I, yeah, I never, um, I never try to, like, write a... Like a a sex scene without some sort of like characterization point mm-hmm. in it. But I think that the most, like the, the most fun moments to write were just like, honestly, like the most gentle ones, like the ones where they're just talking to each other yeah. and they get to be together because these are two characters who's in Canon, like their exposure to each other has like been like what, three hours. Like mm-hmm. they don't yeah. actually know each other. They don't, they haven't hung out. They yeah. don't know each other 
they know each other well, but they don't know each other at all. So yeah, it's it's, this... it's really fun to just think like, what would it be like if they could just chill? Right. Yeah. Yeah. The the intimacy. I mean, granted, it's obviously a very strained relationship, but the intimacy I think that you build between them, like yeah, it is. It's nice to read because um, most of this story is two people mm-hmm. in a room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And you like as a reader, I don't even like notice that most of the time like the like stagnation like just does not happen in tactical surrender for me because of the dynamic that's happening between kylo and Mm ray and the intimacy that's being built there and also getting to see them in what is essentially a domestic setting yeah 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 it's a weird domestic setting but it's super fucking weird right (laughs) super weird um i think the one uh the the thing that made me blush the most was actually not in TS, it was actually in Calculated Risk, um, okay. and it is because it's no, and it, and it wasn't even. First of all, like I wrote that in like a haze, like I I literally wrote it in six hours. Uh, I was listening to Janelle Monae had just released like, oh. and I was listening to <laughs> the way. Make Me Feel yes. the yes. entire time yes. on yes. for like six hours when I was yes. writing it, so I don't really remember yes. anything that happened. Yes. Um, Mm, I'm sorry, but, like, I wasn't expecting to, like, suddenly feel so much vindication, <laughs> but I do. Um, I, uh, but there's, there's a line of dialogue in there, um, where Hux uses a word that I myself never use, um, or say, and it's a, it is a, I guess, a common swear that starts with the letter C. Mm. Yeah. And... I like in a way I feel like I'm I'm almost like very uh prudish in a way even though I've like been writing all of the sex because I had to like like not look at the keyboard and just like um but like it, it's that in that line it works and in that moment mm-hmm. it works and so I like it's just out th- it's out there now um and it's not, it's still not gotten any easier for me to type this word. And I know that some people who write smut just, like, throw it around with abandon, and I actually really admire that, because I'm like, oh, how, like, it's it's so evocative and colorful, but I'm just like, oh, and, oh, God, what have I done? So, I have a question for you, as well as, like, most of the listeners, do you get turned on when you're writing these? Like, I mean, I know this might be like passing like a line, but like sometimes I feel like if I was a writer that I would have to like excuse myself from the fic to be like, I think I need a moment to either just like breathe and walk away and be like, I'm not, I have to finish writing this fic. I don't have time for myself. Or I would just have to excuse myself and just, I don't know. Like, you don't have to answer this, but it's I really just, funny it's that just you, a question. You no, know, it's, it's a good question, and it's really funny that you asked this, because I remember when I started um, writing sex scenes when I was in my late teens. Um, and so age-appropriate. I, like, I Googled, I said, I, I didn't say which late teen, I just said my late teens. <laughs> and um, I was Googling, like, on Google, like, you know, how to write sex scenes. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> But, I was not uh, expecting that. That was literally not the thing that I thought was about to come out of your mouth just now. No, it's no, it's true. And then and then you know like tips for writing about sex, especially like when you haven't had it yet. Like what do you think? Oh um and uh no, but it like it that's that's I 
like absolutely like there's there is a bit of imagination involved because you're always going to be writing about things that you haven't I can't done. even fathom uh, in any kind of writing since you got from google <laughs> well no so one of the i think one of the first ones that came up and i i can find this article for you guys um but <laughs> please send like it tip, to us list, list of tips and one of them was like um if you're not writing one-handed then you're doing something wrong <laughs> Like, you should, it was like, you should absolutely feel affected by what you're writing. Oh, my God. Um, you're so good. And, uh, and like, you know, it was, it was good. And, um, uh, I, I, you know, you, so take that as you will. Okay. All right. Yeah. Good. That's, that's, that's good enough for me. I've just always wondered. Because I wrote fan fiction once upon a time, but it was, like, a short time. I never shared it with anyone except my internet boyfriend. And it was for, like, five seconds. <laughs> So, um, our next question. <laughs> oh, did you want me to get to the dialogue? Oh, one yeah. No? no, you please do. Please, yes. Oh, no, all I, all I, I wanted to say, so, like, all of the, all of my favorite lines of dialogue are, are ones that would, I guess, generally you would think of as pretty inconsequential. So there's, um, there's this bit when they're in the elevator going up to the ball, and, uh, they're in the elevator and Kylo sort of like makes a half-hearted move on Ray. Like they're not, they're angry at each other. So like he kind of, he kind of like awkwardly leans toward her and she's, she says something about how she'll like, he'll, she'll ruin her lipstick. Like, you know, the droid spent a long time on her makeup yeah. and she can't ruin it. And he just like looks at her and he just goes, well, I hate it. And he's, like, away. And it just like, I just really like it because it's applicable in so many situations. Like whenever something is something like minorly inconveniences me and I'm like talking to one of my friends who's read TS, I always just like say in all caps, well, I hate it. If you can't self-reference your own fix, then who are you? Yeah, what's even the point? <laughs> yeah. It just seems um, like such a perfect tantrum-y thing for Kylo to say when he doesn't mm-hmm. get his Yeah, way. it's a very low-key tantrum. It like lasts for 15 seconds because like very shortly after that, Ray's like, well, I also don't like it, but this is your gala, and my face is made up because this is these are the rules. Yeah. So, like it's uh, boring. And then he, and then it, and then it like immediately transitions into something soft, which I guess is kind of my style, where he's like, "Oh, I don't really want to be here either." And then they kind of bond over mutually not wanting to be yeah. there. Um, but there was there was this one there was this this other thing that I didn't even know that I really liked a lot until someone made a gift set mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. it. Um, it's Salt Mouse, um, who's been a longtime reader of TS. She used to be really active on Twitter, and now she's more on, um, I guess, more, more on more on the Discord. But she's she made this gift set of like a moment from Chapter Twenty Two, uh, where Kylo's talking to Rey, and he asks, you know, like, do you hate it? Do you hate seeing the monster and the man? Oh, I tried to make it easy. I tried to oh, see God. the monster, but yes. I wanted you because you saw both. Oh, I and, think I've seen that gift set, and I think that yeah, I, like, until it, simultaneously, like, cried and wet myself. <laughs> like, I'm already, like, I think is, I have goosebumps. Like, I re- I'm having, like, a like a visceral, like, flashback. Uh, the gift set was so good, and I didn't realize that I liked those lines that much until, like, someone put that on their faces. Oh, yeah. And um, we all realized yeah. that we liked those lines that much immediately upon reading them. That yeah, was like, yes. in our, in our I will... family chat was like, oh my god, did you read yeah. this? Yes. I will take the monster. After we had all taken a moment yes. to, like, more or yes. less masturbate to it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> See, the, the hard, writing Kylo Ren's dialogue is really, really, really hard. 
Um, it's just really hard. It's I don't know. Um, now, when you I say hard, do you mean it. like nipple hard, or do you I, mean like difficult? difficult. <laughs> I mean it. I mean it every way. No, I mean it. I mean difficult. I saw. Um, I saw The Last Jedi five times in theaters. Good. And before you guys are like, yeah. Good. good. Okay, so people usually judge me for this, and I'm usually and I no, usually no, be like, no. Oh, three times other people took me to see it, and I just happened to be there. <laughs> um, and one time, one of those times was my birthday, so you got to leave off. But um, so technically, you only saw it once. I saw it twice. I saw it once by myself, and then I saw it with two friends in IMAX. Um, and then, like, I saw it with other friends, I saw it with my family, I saw it on my birthday. Uh, but one of the reasons I, um, went back for that last showing was because I was still writing TS, and I, like, I was like, Adam Driver, like, what is your inflection? Like, how do you, mm. how do you do the it's thing hard. with the words? Oh, so my girl do? was doing yeah. some research. My girl was like, yeah, I need to go in here and just, you know. I need to just watch it again, and now it's on Netflix, so I, I wish that there was an academic institution that could reimburse you. For your ticket costs, because wouldn't oh, it be nice? wouldn't it be nice? <laughs> this was clearly it's, this was clearly research for like a monumental work. It was, work. It was oh, research yeah. purposes, yeah. It it just it's it's difficult, and I um, he's not dumb, but he presents sort of like I feel what I would say kind of our generally elevated conflicts. Uh, co- sorry, concepts, and in in extremely simple language. Yes, yes. Like you're nothing, like, let, but not yeah, to me. You're, well, I was thinking, I was thinking, like, let the past die, yes. kill it if you have to. Yes. Like, that's, that's very weighty. Yes. Like, that's yeah. not just, See, like... that is how you know that he is the son of a senator and a scoundrel. Like, that <laughs> yeah. characterization, like, the, him speaking simply, but with all of this gravitas, like, that he's so Leia and Han's son when he talks. Like, yes. So, yeah, and, like, and, and yeah, so... That's hard to write. That's hard. So a lot of the time when I write Kylo dialogue, I actually end up reading it back to myself out loud and like trying to do it as Adam Driver would, which is a huge failure. Um, like, but I also probably some, a huge turn on. I have some Snapchats like of myself where I'm trying to like do a fake British accent as Ray and then like try to speak like low to my own self, and it's a disaster. Um, Can you uh, send us helps. some clips of that, please? <laughs> uh, no, I cannot. Uh, we found the line. We found it. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, if you like, if you really, if you really, bonus content. Bonus. <laughs> um, it's, uh, but it's, it's hard, and I feel like that's one of the things that actually like will throw me out of a fic real fast. Yeah. Is is if he is extremely eloquent because this is like this guy is really smart, but his words get lost on the way to his mouth yeah. all the damn time. Yeah. Yeah. And his dad did too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um like he is his dad's boy in that respect. Leia is um a very good speaker. Yes. Leia got that Padme gene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. although she is mostly Anakin's kid. Yeah. In my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um but uh but poor Ben. Um they just they just get lost somewhere. Yeah. We don't know where they go. <laughs> Um, and that's hard because, you know, they go to those big brown eyes. <laughs> yeah. Pretty eyes. Temper tantrums. There was this, yeah, there was this scene that I wrote where they were on Hoth and he was like trying to make a case for her to like join him yes. again. And I had to go over that dialogue so many times because I was like, oh, well, he's giving her a history lesson essentially, but he can't do it in too many words. <laughs> he just has to be like, so war is bad. 
marry me? <laughs> <laughs> yep. I feel like he could... It, the history lesson side, much like the etiquette lesson side, is a way that he could, like, talk to her because it's not feelings. <laughs> the feelings yes. are what, like, yes. stops at, like, the Adam's <laughs> apple. And when it bobs or yeah. the twitch of the eye... Those are all the that's all he knows. Things, all the and things. the and the and the pursuing of his lips. Oh my I'm pursing out. Yeah, that that's exactly um, him. So that uh, word. speaking of writing tactical surrender, um <laughs> <laughs> Clovis's my fairy tale or Clovis Lover on Twitter asked us, How did you get the idea for tactical surrender? And what do you think is the best part? Is that different from your favorite part? Oh, that's such a good question. Mm -hmm. um, I think I already told you guys a little bit about the how the idea happened. Mm -hmm. um, I just like immediately walked out of the theater. Yes. I was like, my whole body was vibrating. <laughs> yeah. I um, I had I like I didn't even I hadn't even decided if I really liked the movie yet. Yeah, me too. I was just like I knew I had to go see it again. Yes. Um, but I was just like, oh, that was an experience. That was Star Wars, and oh my god, I love them. Um, and. Uh, my whole brain is on fire. Mm -hmm. um, and I just, like, immediately, like, went home and started writing it. Um, and it was really that. It was really just, like, wanting these two characters to be in a room together again because I didn't think they would be able to keep their clothes off. <laughs> um, that makes sense. That makes sense. Even though they didn't necessarily go about taking their clothes off in the best way that first time. Um, but it it just, uh, they yeah, they were... It's funny because I feel like from what I know of Ray Lofik, like pre-TLJ, you have like a lot of slow burn, a lot of really long, really wonderful, decadent slow burns. Mm -hmm. And then like after TLJ, everyone's like, so they're boning, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. They're going to so take gonna a lot of advantage yeah. of that force bond. Yeah. 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 Um, and, I think it's oh, a lot had to do with the fact that Adam Driver took off his shirt. I am living for this reverse female gaze like business yeah. going on yes. because you've got you've got Thor, you've got Captain America, you've got every single you could just go through the whole list of Marvel characters. You have seen every single male Marvel character half naked in all of the things. Have we seen Loki half naked? He's the only one we haven't no. seen. No, but we did see we did see him get really sad. Because his mom died. Yes. Yeah, so that's half naked. That's half so naked. So that was him Emotion being emotionally, that is emotionally naked. naked. Yes. Yes. He was yes. emotionally naked. And so I am really living for this. I know it's lip service because it's not like legit feminism no, in film. But, but it is lip service to my female gaze and I will I will give the saliva to that lip service. <laughs> yeah, give me more Kylo. Give me more all of the Chris's. Give me all. I will take it. I will take yeah, it. I'm really I will hoping... also take John Boyega or Oscar Isaac. Oh, yes. Give me John Boyega without a shirt because god since i have seen him in attack the block i mm -hmm. have wanted him to take off his shirt he's forever just so fine attack god, the block so is such an amazing he's so good in that movie I'm have y'all yeah, seen yes. um pacific rim uprising oh yeah he's also delicious there too Fuck. as idris elba's son how do you not oh. get a lady boner just for that thought in your that's head? like the one time where i was seriously considering incest <laughs> like idris oh elba god. plus <laughs> I mean, I know it's not really because they're not actually related, but, like, no, in still. that world. In a fic, in a fic is what you're saying. Like, in a fic, like, I was, like, I would like to be, like, the conveyor belt between the two of them. Like, the pleasure conveyor belt. 
Oh god, so that's just a thing that I said. I don't know if that's real or not. It's fine. Up. You don't get any more champagne. Uh, Pleasure could be. So I, I just like uh, much like how Kylo loses his words on the way to his mouth. I just find them on the way to mine. So okay. So next uh, question, please. Yeah, so this one's from Ecotron. Um, now, oh wait, do we finish? Because we no no no. What, because we want to oh, know the best part. What you think? Best part, yeah, favorite, favorite part. part. Yeah. Um. Best part, oh my gosh, uh, is definitely the middle with the poisoning. Oh, yeah. Uh. Yeah. Um, that's, I mean, in my opinion, I, my favorite, I mean, my favorite parts, I'm always going to go back to, like, them just, like, nerding out together over, like, a lightsaber. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, yeah. But I think in terms of, like, emotionally moving, I think the betrayal reveal, which, like, thank you, whoever you were, who reminded <laughs> me that that needed to be there. Um... <laughs> The uh, and the and the poisoning are like the two most moving parts. I also really had a lot of fun. Um, whenever Ray and Hux had to interact, I had a lot of fun. Oh yeah. Uh, but th- those are all like those are honorable mention favorites. Like they're not, they're not all the way up there. Um, because that's not why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm glad that uh, they were all on the same street. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um. So, uh, so this question was submitted by Ecotron. Uh, now that you've completed this wonderful, highly read long fic, what have you learned? What advice uh, or pieces of your mind do you have for writers or writing in general and for readers? Um, hello, Ecotron. We've spoken a lot on to a lot of these people are people like I already regularly talk to. So it's really nice to get questions from them. Yes. Um, I, uh, it's really interesting. I I thought it was really interesting that they used highly read in there because, um, I think a really big part of that is honestly just like luck and timing. Like, I don't think there's any, um, magic formula for getting a story in front of eyeballs. I think that's something to keep in mind when you're writing fic. Um, and I know it's really easy for me to say because, like, a lot of people have read my story. So it's like, ah, don't worry. People will read your story. Um, and that can sound really disingenuous. But the I don't know why so – I don't know why TS caught on um, exactly the way it did. Um, so I don't have any, like, insight into the magic formula. I think probably updating at a consistent time helped. Um, I know there were a few people who were like really excited about it and really loudly excited about it on social media and that probably also helped it. But those are things I have no, con- I mean the update thing, yes, but like if, whether other people find it or not, is something that's totally outside of, uh, my control. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of, uh, what I, what I learned, um, I learned that as a writer, I work really well having a deadline, even if it's just one that I set for myself, mm-hmm. um, but after a while, it, it wasn't only just one that I set for myself because, like, there were people who were counting on me. I mean, they might not be counting on me to do anything, like, really important, but they really wanted to read my story and they really wanted it to update on time. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And they were, and people were always very understanding if it, um, it didn't. Yeah. But uh, it was really very motivational. I love writing fanfic for that reason because you have this community um, and you really find your people and your people find you. Uh, I said in the, I think the thank yous for TS that, like, I didn't know that it took a village to write a fanfic, um, but I guess I shouldn't have been all that shocked because, like, it's this, it was this huge, it was, like, six months of my life, it was this huge amount of words, and I met so many people and, like, talked to many people, um, 
and it really did like everybody I talked to I think made it better um also uh someone's always gonna be mad at you yeah (laughs) but most people are not gonna be mad at you so um I I think that negative feedback is really important to listen to and um but you also have to make sure it doesn't get you down yeah yeah um you just I I whenever I got a comment that um you know, disagree with the way I did things, I would always take a little bit and sort of, like, ask myself a series of questions. You know, like, well, do do I think that Ray is out of character? You know, do I think that Kylo would have done this other thing? Okay, right, uh, so another question we had. Um, so the students, because we have uh, the, the students that Ray has been collecting mm-hmm. and we have the students that Kylo's been collecting, our little, our little adorable Force users... Was that parallel meant from the beginning? What made you think of them? And was it Broom Boy from The Last Jedi? Um, I, I mean, Broom Boy actually, so that's really interesting. So there was this, there were a bunch of one-shots that I, uh, I wanted to write in the TS universe that I didn't get to writing while I was writing the fic. Um, mm-hmm. But I, um, one of them was that, like, Finn, while Rey was on her mission, Finn was going to take Rey's two oldest um Padawans, the ones who are now dating each other, and um, go to Cantobite and pick up Broomboy uh, in order to recruit him. But that did not end up happening. It may still someday happen. Um, it wasn't exactly him, um, but it, it, was, it just seemed to be a really logical continuation of Luke saying, I will not be the last Jedi. He didn't mm-hmm. mean Rey's going to be the last Jedi. Right. He meant there will be more Jedi even than us. Um, and I, I also thought it would be interesting, it seemed, so it seemed like a logical next step for Rey, but she's not ready, and I thought that, that is some, is interesting. So she has a, I think both a gift and a curse in being, like, sort of totally, she's heard the legends of the Jedi and the Sith, but she, she's totally, she's separate from that culture. Right. Um, and that is both uh, a blessing and a curse, and it's a blessing because I think the way that she tries to go about teaching um her kids is that she's trying to teach them not to fear the dark side um she doesn't always do so well with that even necessarily herself but i feel like her adverse reaction to kylo students has more to do with um possibly the the potential ramifications of like kylo at that point in his emotional development um teaching anyone uh Mm -hmm. and not necessarily like teaching people how to use the dark side um but uh, she doesn't know a lot about, like, what... She has the Jedi texts, um, so she's sort of got the foundations of the Jedi, but she doesn't necessarily know where they went wrong because she doesn't know a lot about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's still learning herself, and part of being a good teacher, I think, is admitting you don't know everything. But um, she she both is and isn't ready. She, like, she really wants to be good, but she's going to she's gonna make some mistakes along the way. Um, and the reason Kylo, it seemed to be kind of a logical thing to him too, but also he needed, um, there needed to be some reveal of something that he was doing as well. And I knew that really early on and students was always one of the possible options. It seemed like a really good parallel between him and Ray. Mm-hmm. Um, everything else, that would freak Ray out really didn't seem like a Kylo thing. Like if he was developing some sort of like secret super weapon, that's not really a Kylo thing. That's like a very Hux thing to do. Um, 
so so students so they they're both they're both trying to pass on what they have learned and and for Kylo it's it's nice because and I think I'm looking forward to getting into more of this but he's he's really trying to do right by those kids he also like Ray doesn't always know how um but they're they're doing their best they really are they really really are um so this is going to be the last of our meaty questions then we're going to move on to uh tactical alliance and commander and the cook mm-hmm so let's just let's just skip ahead to Commander and the Hook because I'm just like <laughs> like waiting for those. Uh, but Star Warship on Tumblr wants to know: Will we ever learn more about that kiss Ben saw in his vision of Rey when she was forced learning table manners? Yes. And Star Warship is very curious about what Ben saw. Sorry. Yes. Um. We should. I have to figure out exactly where that's going to go. Uh. But we will. That'll come back. Um. It wasn't Finn. That's all I'm going to say. So we know, I think we, it was mentioned in an early chapter of TS that uh, Ray and Finn had kissed one time, uh, and that's not what Ben saw. So. Yeah. Interesting. Keep you in suspense. Interesting. Um, so moving on along to the Tactical Alliance and Commander and the Cook questions, <laughs> um, Clovis is my fairy tale asked, um, what is there to look forward to for fans of Tactical Surrender in Tactical Alliance? Um, so there's definitely, there's going to be obviously more romance. Um, I'm not going to keep you guys in suspense. Like, of course, Kylo and Ray are going to reconcile. The question is how? Um, and I, I, I mean, I figure everybody knew that, but I did want to make it clear just in case. Um, they're going to come back together. You can't keep them apart for very long. They just, like, want to... It's the Force. <laughs> the Force wills it. The Force wills it. But, like, they just they just like each other, man. Like, they, they date yeah. each other. Um, there is... Um, there's going to be more action adventure. I, It's going to feel a little bit more Star Wars-y. Um, and one of the things that I'm trying to do while plotting is keep a, a lens on Rey and Kylo, even though the universe is going to expand around them. Um, but there's definitely going to be more action. There's going to be, like, uh, at least one space battle, um, a little bit more suspense. Um, and we're going to learn a little bit about, uh, more about, like, what Kylo's been up to with the, with his students, um, as well. So, it should be a fun time. That yeah. was not a very succinct pitch, uh, but it's <laughs> late, and we've all had what? our, like, adult chocolate milks. And, uh... <laughs> And I'm sure that there's grape, a lot of themes juices. that are going to continue on into Tactical Alliance. And, yeah. you know, I, I think it's probably a pretty broad uh, question. So that there's a pretty broad scope of things that we could cover under that question. Yeah. But I think you're good. I think you're good. I want to, I mean, like, I want to get more into, um, I want to get more into, like, everybody else in addition to Ray and Kylo. But I want to mm-hmm. make sure that they stay the focus of the narrative. Right. Um, yeah. But I want to make sure we get a little bit more of, like, Finn and Poe and Rose. And um, a little, a sprinkling of the Knights of Ren also. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Um, So our next question comes from How Amusing on Twitter. Um, And she had a question about alternating the point of views in the sequel. Um, So is it going to be one chapter from Ray's perspective and then another from Ben's or a mix of both? And also why did you feel that it was important to switch to Ben's point of view um, at the end of tactical surrender when we'd been seeing 
mostly through Ray's eyes for the rest of the story. I know you kind of mentioned that Ray was becoming an unreliable narrator, but can you expand on that? Sure. Um, definitely we're going to get both Ray and Ben's point of views in TA. Um, it's not going to just be one and one I think they're, they're going to be a little bit more intermingled than that. So you'll get like one scene from Ray's and one scene from Ben's. Um, not necessarily like strictly alternating all the time. I'm also trying to figure out if there are some things I can tell, um, only by adding other perspectives. Mm -hmm. And it's like, do I really just want to write Poe or does like Poe need to be the narrator here? Because there's like one scene in particular in Tactical Alliance that I'm like, Poe needs to say this, but I'm like, is it weird if he just comes in for this one thing? Do I have to have him talking the whole time? Like, what's up with that? Um, (laughs) Poe's really fun to write. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he is. He's he really is. fun. Um, but it'll it'll mostly be Ben and Ray. Um, I think that it was important that we get to hear from him. I always planned on having an epilogue from his point of view, even when the ending was going to be slightly different because there was no betrayal reveal. Um, <laughs> it was gonna be it was gonna be a lot more open. Like the end of TS, I know that some people are disappointed that it it didn't end sort of like with them reconciled, but I, I consider it to be very hopeful. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and and I had an original ending that wasn't as hopeful, um, but that oh. that was also from I mean not 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 as hopeful like it was just like a lot more open ended. It wasn't like what and one of them is dead. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, good maker for that. Yeah, I'm glad but you didn't go no that major route. character deaths it's in this later, fic. They're all dead. Um, no. It's uh, it was just going to be a lot. There were there. It was just like sort of a what ending, and I um, mm-hmm. I ended up just sort of based on where the characters went. I ended up changing it. Um, and uh, that was that was always going to be from Ben's point of view, and I thought it was just kind of important that he got to have his say. But I thought it was also important that we sort of joined him at that point in time, so we could see sort of his evolution as a character. Mm -hmm. um by the end of ts like a bottle has been like opened for him that cannot be uncorked right Mm -hmm. he's recorked yes it cannot be re sorry recorked recorked (laughs) (laughs) too much carbonation yeah it's like when you open when you're on chopped and you open a bottle of champagne when you're trying to reduce it to a sauce (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah, essentially, um, essentially. I'm anyway. so glad that we full circled that. <laughs> I just like to explain why we're using so many food and beverage metaphors. Um the, Because Raylo is delicious. And we're thirsty. Raylo is delicious and we, we are, are thirsty. thirsty. <laughs> um no, but he uh with with Ray near to him, like he changed. Mm-hmm. It was I mean mm-hmm. it was like it was nine days for him, but he really did like even in the first couple of days, like, he went from, like, Wait, rah, wait, wait. Yeah. How have I not been aware of this? Is this only been nine days they were together in Tactical Surrender and I wasn't paying attention to timelines because I'm really bad at that? Yeah, he, they were nine, mm-hmm. they were together for nine days. Are you serious? See, I mean, there's no stagnation. No, I just, it just kept going and going and going. She makes it feel like it's months. Yeah. It felt, like, so long. Yeah, yeah. well, a lot wow. happens when you're, like, locked in a room with a person for nine days. I mean, yeah. when you're having sex in front of a ginger and <laughs> asking that ginger to join an alternate universe <laughs> and then later alternate universing with another fic that is also alternate universing. Like, yeah, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna calm down. I'm gonna there calm is, down. There is about a two-week break between, like, the end, like, mm-hmm. how long is it? It's, like, about... Two and a half weeks 
sorry, between our time, the ends. Because I guess uh-huh. I guess that like in the galactic standard calendar, like a week is five days, and it gives me a headache. Yeah. Um, but it's about, thing I didn't even it know. about 17 human days um, <laughs> between when Ray leaves uh, uh, the Conquest 2 and uh, when they sign the peace treaty. So the time span of the fic is like about a month, but the amount okay. of time they spend together is like nine days. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, but like that, that changed things. I mean, it changed things for both of them. Um, but it really changed things for Ben because he was sort of just like forced to confront his feelings that he'd mostly sort of been hiding under rage for like years, mm-hmm. and there for that for him there there is no unconfronting them, and he has become a bit more mature, uh, <laughs> a bit sadder. He is a little bit more sad, um, but he is a little bit less angry. Um, and I thought it was important for us to catch up with him at that point in his life, um, just to know what was going on in his head. Okay. All right. So, um, speaking about all of alternate universes, we've been reading the collaborative fic that you were writing with another one of our favorite authors, Voiced Implosives. Um, we had a couple of questions about that. We wanted to know how it got started. Can you give us any hints about where it is going? And are there any plans to update the rating from M to mature for mature to E for exquisite? Exquisite. Because if it's not explicit, I'm not with it. Oh. I've been waiting to say that forever. I mean, <laughs> Sorry, guys. it's been an excellent, excellent pick so far. But I, for me, personally, I'm really looking forward to, um, I'm hoping for, like, some uh, reunion smuts between the two couples well so first of all i want to i want to shout out the m rating um just to say there's this oh my god again for the fourth time tonight this wonderful post i once saw on tumblr (laughs) (laughs) that's gonna be the name of the episode yes yes it's gonna be um Destiny's Guide to Writing Smut. Yeah. Be on Tumblr. (laughs) One time on Tumblr. One time at, yeah, Tumblr. No. It's one time on Tumblr. Yeah. So. One time on Tumblr. So, um, there's this, this post, I will find it for you guys, that illustrates the difference between M and E using the metaphor of a guy, um, mailing a card in an envelope. And it's oh, like wow. the M rating is, you know, it sort of uh, it gets pretty a little spicy, but then it just kind of cuts to the chase. Um, and the E rating is like, you know, like uh, he, listing all the spices. The particularly. Yeah, he like he like sensually puts the card against the envelope. Will it fit? Will it? He eases it into the envelope, and it's like. <laughs> It, like, makes you very uncomfortable. Why am I suddenly, like, like, warm all over? Yeah. Because you're talking about envelopes and sex. I mean, it happens. Yeah. It happens. Yes. But, uh... Because he he enveloped himself? Um, one of the... One of the fix... One of the multi-chapter fix that I'm following right now has an M rating, um... But it still has a, a good deal of. It's called the, the Soiled Doves by Fernie Bronca, and I'm gonna shout it out because I don't think it get yes. enough, gets enough love. Um, but it it's a it's a Regency romance, um, and Fernie's very versed in her Regency romances. Um, 
But it has an M rating because I think that the style of the fic sort of necessitates that. You can't get... Mm -hmm. she Like, the tone is very on point for what a Regency romance is. Um, and it gets... It gets... You know, it gets... It goes places. Um, but, but it does so, like, with just enough detail, but not not too much to really take you out of the the environment if that makes sense. Uh-huh. Um okay. it's really so good. You're saying she's more of a uh a Sabrina Jeffries, not so much an Elizabeth Hoyt of of romance novel like levels of heat. If I Regency? It, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna have to level. Yeah, I'll rate them. I'll decide. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm determined. I'm gonna make. Some I'm already sort of disqualified it. from this. Yeah, conversation I'm like. I'm, I don't know. Uh, that's a great question for someone who's not me. Um, it's a great. It's a great. I just. I really love that story and what she's done with Ray and Kylo's dynamic, and it's like got a marriage of convenience in it, and like all the really good stuff. So you guys should check it out. Um, yes. You can do a lot with the M rating. Um, Going back to your first question, how did this happen? Um, <laughs> it happened because I would not leave Tamara alone. Well, good. Um, yes! Neither can we! We've been talking about her on almost every single Neither one of the episodes can so we. far. Um, sorry, her name is um, Voiced Implosives. Her name is Tamara. And, yes. Um, she, uh, she's great. We started talking on Tumblr. Um, apparently, we were initially like two like shy to message each other because we were just like such big fans of each other's stories but you were reading each other's fics yeah and then oh. and then like one of our mutual friends was like just if you don't message each other i'm gonna message each other for you, they you, know. Know. you. yeah and then i was like that would be really embarrassing so eventually i was just like hey um but I really, I mean, I love, like, you guys, I love Go I Know Not Whether, in fact, I Know Not What, and um, oh, I love um, so Kirill and uh, Irena and oh. their whole dynamic. Yes. Um, so much. So, so much. I recently learned how to pronounce Kirill. Um, oh. Yeah. I, yeah, I thought it was we, Kirill. We've been saying yeah, so I thought it was Kirill, okay, yeah. so I'm really I've also bad heard, at this. I've also heard Cyril. Yeah, it's because that's it's, where he gets his name from, isn't it? Is that that saint? It's K I R I L L. I think is the act. Yes. Usually how that's transliterated. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, just the the whole dynamic, the whole world that was built up around them. Um, and I kind of kept. I just like really wanted her to write more of them, so I tricked her. <laughs> um, thank you, God. Thank, thank you. you. Thank yeah. you, thank you. No, thank we just, you. Because we wanted more too. Yeah. I wanted both the TS and I wanted also uh, I go not with her, and I got both. Yeah. In my favorite, like the <laughs> switching places. It's hot. Yeah, it's, it's hot. That's also a trope. We just it's switching sort of, places. Yes. yes. Twin it's, switching is is a trope. Yeah. Well, we so I'm the, down. the title is actually kind of like a secret riff on like the Prince and the Pauper. Although it's really interesting between because like I think in this uh, I think you would call um, Venya the pauper, but he is the one who's like rich in love. So right? yes. um, yeah. he's got so, his life the most figured out. Yeah, he's got his he's got he's he's redeemed. He's he's doing all right. He's like nervous about the baby thing. That was the thing. So we so I was just talking I was talking with Tamara and this fix just sort of like came out of us discussing with each other like oh what would happen if what would happen if like ray met like kirill who's like really soft like she would just like make hard eyes at him because he's like so nice um mm -hmm. but he's so like also all of the other things you love about kylo but like 
he has his shit together. So that would be very refreshing for her. Meanwhile, yeah. like Kylo and Irena, so like we would just talk like that and eventually we were like, let's let's do this actually. Um this yes! is sometime in July. Oh my gosh, um one of the so delight good. of the fandom. One of the other mm. the other questions that I just kind of kept incessantly pestering her with was like, so when they get married and have babies, because you know that's going to happen. And at this point, fetch wasn't even finished yet. Um, yeah, we call it fetch because we're really trying to make fetch happen. Um, <laughs> uh, also, it's like it's not an abbreviation that you can say easily. Um, and it's yeah, no, it's title. not. No, this yeah. is no. this is the best abbreviation. So we're gonna adopt that. Okay. So everyone, yeah. because who's we're listening, so tired of saying "I go not fetch, but what I wither," <laughs> or "I wither not, I fetch." Wait, what? <laughs> How many times have we screwed up that title? No, How many? Yeah, this the is, only person who gets it right is Michelle. This is great. This is great. And, and I just call it "go, I know not wither." Like yeah, I just I know, stop I halfway through. That's um, yeah, but, but like, no, I you're you're fetch. right. We have to we have to adopt this. Fetch, so yeah. loyal listeners, from now on. Go I Know Not Whither to Fetch I Know Not What will now be affectionately termed as Fetch. 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 Um, because it's wow, a fetching I think, story. I guess we are making Fetch happen. Um, <laughs> Finally. So jealous. Uh, Tina Fey, sponsor us. So, <laughs> yes, this, this episode is sponsored by Mean Girls, the musical, um, <laughs> which exists, by the way. Yeah, it does. Um, so, yeah, I just, like, I kept... I kept asking her, like, what things were going to be like when they were going to have a baby. Like, would Kirill be stressed about, like, being a father? Um, and, you know, we talked we talked about that a bit. And we talked about, like, what uh, would, like, what would Kylo do if he didn't have the Force? And, um, and all those... I'm still fucking, like, I'm still waiting for Kylo to realize that Irena is pregnant. Because I just know that he's going to fucking, like... I don't know how he's going to lose his shit, but shit will be lost. Yeah, someone's spoilers. Gonna, BT dubs. People are gonna. It's like the first like three paragraphs of the fic. I think they'll. Yeah, be that's very okay. true. That's it very was like, true. But at this point, like she hadn't even finished fetch yet. I was just kind of like, so knowing that they will get married and have a lot of children because it's um, gonna happen. Because it's gonna happen. Um, she's great. She's like, uh, she's a wonderful writer. I love mm-hmm. just like reading her stuff is like falling like onto a really soft mattress like it's so it's so decadent and and nice and it feels like something I shouldn't be doing but I'm doing anyway with relish um (laughs) and it's it's just it's so great and I'm so um I'm so happy to be working with her uh and I'm so glad that she also wanted to work with me so that was all really exciting um we call this to give you a little bit of an indication of like where this is going we call this the crack fable was like the working title for this project um and the reason we were calling it that was because, you know, both of the boys have um, lessons, right, um, to learn. Obviously, Kylo has way further to go. So much. Way further to go. But, you know, um, Venya was, was stressing about, like, does he, you know, he was still struggling with his past and how that's going to affect his future and going... Uh, into what he thinks is the future because he definitely, mm-hmm. he thinks that the Star Wars universe is the future even though it is a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Right. Um, yeah. He, uh... That's just what Lucas wants us to think. Yeah. He, um, <laughs> he is sort of like, 
going to be able to confront what his life would look like had he made wronger choices. Um, and that should embolden him in certain ways. Meanwhile, like, you know, Kyla's going to be able to see what, ha- what would have happened to him if he'd made writer choices, and that will embolden him in certain ways. Um, so lessons will be learned. Uh, feels will be had. Um, mm-hmm. like, feels will be felt. Yeah, somebody, yeah. T- somebody who reblogged us on Tumblr tagged this tagged the most recent like chapter with it should be crack but it isn't um (laughs) and uh and that pretty much sums it up because like we can't do anything without like giving you like full-blown emotional pain um but there's it's 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 its own special kind of of narcotic obsession uh because so the beautiful thing about fetch with uh kiro I don't know if I'm saying that right still, um, <laughs> is that uh, he, he, because he had that redemption, mm-hmm. and and I think that that is something that is so alluring mm-hmm. about his character. That mm-hmm. is something that voiced implosives that she really pulled off in that fic. And mm-hmm. since we haven't seen it yet in either the canon verse or in TS and TA. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to ask you if, if you're going to do that. I think that's too big of a pressure question because pulling up, pulling off redemption of a Russian mobster in the nineties is one thing <laughs> and pulling off redemption for literally like, you know, a weird version of space Hitler is like another. Okay. So. All right. Let me, well, that's not false. Um, I think. Well, we, no, I'm just, yeah. I, I just think it's too big of a question to ask you at it this point. It is a big question. It's, On the other hand, first of all, we don't. I think we stay away from Space Hitler because there's, he's not, he's not. Space, no, you're right. That's he's fair. He's not Space no, that's, Hitler. No, you're right. That's fair. That's, um, that's, that's super fair. It's, uh, uh, I, yeah, I tried to amend that with, with weird version, but yeah. no, no, that's, he's, that's, he's that's totally not. fine. Um, but he, uh, on the other hand, um, Anakin did like 20 years of evil and then was redeemed by throwing one very shriveled man down a pit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, true. <laughs> so, which is, which is, of course, like, oversimplifying things a lot. Right. But it's, um, you know, the big sign that Star Wars is a space opera. Like, emphasis yes. on the opera, I think, more than the space, almost. Yes. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I, I love is I've heard Star Wars being referred to, and I can't remember if this was Lucas himself, but as a kind of poetry mm-hmm. in which there's a there are certain refrains and there's a lot of circular storytelling mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the thing is is that I feel like subconsciously I knew that as a literature student mm-hmm. um, because it's something that you get from like a hundred years of solitude mm-hmm. it's something that you get reading um, you know the Iliad and uh, and these sort of like older forms of s- storytelling Western storytelling. Uh, but it wasn't until it was explicitly said somewhere and I read it that it all sort of clicked mm-hmm. and I, I sort of understood now like the, the, the repetitiveness. There's a lot of beauty in the poetic repetition yeah. of Star Wars yeah. that I don't know if other people understand that that, that in and of itself is a trope in Western st- storytelling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, um, I, I think that's really, that's so true and I, I love especially, like, I feel like the Raylo corner of fandom is very mm-hmm. interested in interpreting sort of, like, interpreting Ray and Kylo as sort of, like, the reverse uh, Padme and Anakin. 
except yes. for except they yes. get it right. Um, yes. Which is and and that it, that goes back to the it's like poetry it rhymes um, quote, and it's all really it's really wonderful. I think that um, outside of a space opera, redemption is really hard work. I think yes. that's something that we get to explore in fan fiction. I actually thought um, I really liked the way that Fetch handled it because um, it wasn't just killing Snoke. It was it was turning informant. You know, it was you know right. it was doing the work. It was doing the work to. Uh, I mean, right. even before that, it was you know he started sort of like acting as a benevolent enforcer in the mob instead of just doing what he was told. And then he right. did, like, the one big murder. And then, I guess, self-defense killing. Eh. Um, and then he did, and then he turned informant. And and that's hard. That's a lot of hard work on um, Kirill's part. And you really feel like, at the end of the day, he has earned his, his he's earned it. Which is, like, right. it's funny to say because, like, redemption is not necessarily a thing that you, des- you don't deserve to be redeemed. You put in the work for it. Um, right. Yes. He's and earned his happy the, ending, kind of. Yes, he's, he's earned his happy ending. Um, Isn't and that one of the tags? Yeah. Like, or, earn, yeah. Your, earn your happy ending? Earn your happy mm-hmm. ending. I feel like that's a tag I've tag. seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I really love that about Fetch. I thought it was really wonderful. I think if you if you want to take on Star... Like, if you look at all the bad things that Kylo Ren has done, and you're trying to look at it through, like, a lens of, like, okay, what if he was a real person who did all these bad things? His work becomes, like, exponentially harder. <laughs> in Star yeah. Wars, which is why I think, which is why I think a lot of people aren't really settled on the question of like how he, how his redemption should go, right? Like, should he mm-hmm. should he do a grand, should he bleh, should he perform a grand gesture and then like have to live his life in exile? Should he um, you know, go this way or that way? And like, we're not, we're not all in agreement, which I think is really interesting and I'm very, I'm very very keen to see Nine and <laughs> yes. how Nine is going to handle that. Because I like the insight that if he dies, then that's just like a cycle of pain. And it's not really healing anything. Right. Um, yeah. But right. if he lives Super and he agree. has to put in the work for redemption, then I mean, yeah, I, it's funny because like, I, I, I hope you guys would. Like, I know you're all big Kylo fans. We're all big Kylo fans here. It's funny because when, we when we were about to post the first chapter of Commander and Cook, we were like, well... Uh, and you guys had just come out with your, like, I think, TS episode around that time. We were like, well, we don't know if anyone's going to want to read this, but we know the Smut Hut podcast will. Yes! Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Because um, even yeah, if we we're will. the only ones who read it, like, we would still hype the That's fuck out people. of it. Yeah, so, so we were like, well, we know we have four people Absolutely. who want to read it. Um, <laughs> and that was, that was very encouraging. Um, thank you. So that, thank you like, guys. honestly... Like, that's the type of shit where it's like, this is why we do this podcast. We will Aww. be your cheerleaders any day of the week. Well, whatever you want to do. Thank you. Listen, you guys, it's just been, I, I'm so happy that you agreed to have me on the show because I just love, first of all, I love the idea of a fanfic book club, but um, I just love the sort of the environment of positivity that you guys promote. I think it's really nice. I think that, you know, fandom, like any real, any group of any loosely organized group of people can be, um, can have its trials and tribulations. Um, but you guys, uh, you guys are like a ray of sunshine and I really appreciate that. Our ending question is, 
Can you just do a non-canon shot where everyone has just a huge orgy, please? <laughs> um, specifically, since I'm the high priestess of smut in our little mini group, yes. uh, that's my second, third nickname. Yeah. Um, I really feel like I need like a a magic sex finally brings them back to their time period. Oh. Like, um, oh, you men in Commander and Cook. Oh, I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah. Oh. yeah. Plus, maybe, 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 but originally it was like what? Like, uh. I think originally we were talking about Tactical Alliance. Yeah, and I was. You were just like, but also. I was like, I, when you guys sent me the question, it, I had assumed that you meant Tactical Alliance, and I was like, there are a lot of characters, and that would get logistically very complicated. No, um, I'm. Yeah, we right need, now, like, since I'm like on a. Right now, since I'm on a Commander and Cook, like, kick right now, I would say I really kind of want a Irina, Kylo, Kyril, uh, Ray, sort of like, hi, we're getting intimate, and then they realize they love each other, and then they just swap back bodies, and they're like, oh, I never got to sleep with that person, but I felt it, uh, and I know that's, I don't expect, I'm not expecting anything, but that's what I want on the inside, well, just secretly. Here yeah. are some, here are some important shipping terms, so we've decided that, um, Kylo and Irena are Kylena, and, oh! uh, <laughs> Ray and you heard it here first, loyal listeners. And Hashtag Kylina. And Ray, Ray and Venya are Renya, and Ugh. um, and when we talk about um Irena with her husband, we still call him Kirill for some reason. So, so that's Kirena versus Kylena versus Ray Renya. Um, but honestly, we have we've had a lot of we've had a lot of concern about like, actually more from people who are readers of Fetch about like whether uh the swapped pairings are gonna like hook up mm-hmm. and um and like whether that's cheating it's not cheating it's, it's not, not cheating. it's not cheating it's, it's not a cheating. parallel universe of the same person in parallel universes it's not cheating I, i'm gonna say canon on the smut hut it's not cheating it's not cheating I, no i don't know i don't know i'm not you think so i well speaking it as someone who the smut hut is not a monolith experience with infidelity <laughs> Uh, yes, you think it I, might be. I don't have the uh, same view as okay, so okay. not canon on the smut hut. Oh darn! Uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but we respect no, that. But we, we respect, respect that. that. We respect that. Yeah. We respect that. It's um, so I like I've had to assure several people that like the sanctity of of uh, Venya and Irena's marriage will remain intact, because uh, they're they're like they're we we're all rooting for those kids man yeah i feel like very true fuck with mm-hmm. my head canon yeah like, okay. about their relationship if something like that were to happen yeah it's really funny because like whenever um whenever tamara and i like talk about this i'm like well you know like kylo and ray are really they're not really together right now and she always brings up that like we were on a break gift from friends <laughs> <laughs> on an intergalactic break. Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> it's sure that cult. they would both still be mad. However, yes. if the four of them were all like in the same location by some magical means, I feel like then it becomes like so an orgy situation and then like as long as everyone there is on board, like everybody Yes, yeah, that's yes. yes, I'm okay. I'm I with have, that. I'm down. I've actually down. kind of had a thought about because Ray is trying to help um Venya like with the force and she has like 
she's the only one that has access to the force that has an idea that the force could be doing this that like ray would have to guide venya back to montana and then meet irania and kylo there like whether or not that ends in an orgy I don't know, but like this has kind of been a thought. I of like mine. your, I like your head cannon. One of Since... so the the interesting thing is that um, you could make the argument that Commander in the Cook is like a hundred percent canon because we borrowed a concept from the Star Wars animation in order to like get them to cross over universes. Um, or look at what I'm looking at Sophia right now. I'm sorry, sorry. I just like having like having attack. having really Michelle wanted... like actually kind of um just like lay out what would have to be the sort of literary bones like the structural bones to get us to that point like i mean because like i've I've thought about it i've thought about it in passing i've thought Uh about it in passing Uh Uh and and then and then to just to just realize that like based on what we've already gotten in the first two chapters of commander and cook like michelle just kind of like paved she's kind of like paved a path to a thing and it just became so much more like visceral to me suddenly and and i just suddenly now just have a lot of feelings about it and i may or may not be crying i'm just quantum crying right now i'm just quantum crying there are tears in my eyes but they're not falling so i don't know if it counts i just have a lot of feelings but i don't want to get in the way of anybody's headcanon um because i you know because i because like you death of the authors this whole thing like you can just like ignore anything that i say we've talked about or at least i've talked about ts kylo People have, because people are like, do Kirill and Kylo make out in the world between worlds? And the answer is like, like... Psychologically, sort of. Like, I feel like Venya would be up, like, again, with the consent of, like, everybody's spouses. Uh, Like, he would be down, but Kylo would not be down because he still hates himself too much. So like he just like wouldn't he wouldn't really want to make out with himself. Maybe on the way back. Yeah, it's part of his redemption. <laughs> yeah, However, right? learning learning to quote unquote love himself. Right. However, the rays. You don't know, right? They're already. You should have seen her face right now. Her face was like her face did a thing. You don't know me. It did a thing. I don't predict how this fic is gonna go. I oh really, gosh, okay. really want this fic to be um, canon for Tactical Alliance though, because of the scene where she's um, choking. Who was that? Did you see her choking? Who was that? What? No, I'm no, sorry. No, Chell was doing a face. I was, just, um, I was just laughing. What's sorry? What scene? Um, because when they're going through the closet and Ray oh. sees what Kylo has kept. Oh, and I'm, yeah. I'm just like, I really want her to yeah. carry that memory. Oh, God. Tactical Alliance. Tactical Alliance. Uh, but yes, also, yes. and I've been saying this at, ever since I read the first chapter, that I really want uh, Venya to see Finn on the Conquest 2 and give him a big-ass bear <laughs> hug and, like, for, confuse the fuck out of everybody. Like, everybody's... Because they're not close in the Tactical Alliance, Tactical Surrender universe, but they are in the Fetch yeah. universe. And they... I just want them to be like, yay, where's your partner, Poe? And then they're going to be like, wait, what? Your, you, teaser, uh... your teaser's going to be that they meet in the next chapter. Okay. Yes. Okay. I'm ready. I'm okay. Ready. All right. Ready. Give it to All me. All right. Because I paused Flyboys just so I could read chapter two of the Cook 
and the commander. And I have not been able to put Flyboys down for the past, like, three days. No, I've she's been, been talking live. about it for the past I'm 72 hours. Flyboys and I was like, Mariana was like, no, Sophia was like, guess what just updated. I was like, bye, Flyboys. <laughs> commander, get in my thick list. I've got to put it in my database. Yeah, I was well, say, because you guys are going on a break. Yeah, we yeah you're going on a break. Um, well because we're absolute monsters who cannot who have no self control, we gave you like eleven thousand words of update. Chapters. But listen, the the power for me as a reader in both your writing has just been like again this lack of stagnation. So if if you post an update and that chapter is you know twenty thousand word you know if it's it's really fucking long. I'm not, I'm not even going to blink. No. I'm not even going to blink at that because I, I trust not. y'all. I trust yeah. y'all. I know that everything that is in there yeah. is in there for a reason. Absolutely. And I, yeah. And so I'm on board. I, you, okay. So like, it's like, this is a, it's like a fan fiction ship that you've brought together, fetch and tactical surrender. Yes. Okay. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a OTP of fan <laughs> fiction. Okay. And that's a ship that you and Voice Implosives have decided to make. And I just want you to know that at least the smut hut is here to be the wind beneath the wings of this ship. Okay, yeah, we'll just we're we're gonna up. be blowing into your sails full speed ahead. Like we're for it. That means that means the world to us. I th- I mean I think I can speak for Tamara. She's not she's not here. Um, but that, that really means the world to us. Thank you guys so much. Um, you've just got, you guys have been just, I mean, you've been such cheerleaders of our stories, but you, as of stories in general, um, and we just really appreciate that because, um, because it's so great. We want to give an extra shout out to Chell, AKA Destinies for sitting with us for this episode. We hope you all enjoyed it as much as we did. Now, as for you listener, do you have a fic you want us to review? Want to gush about how much you love the podcast? Want to be a guest host? Get in touch with us. You can find us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Gmail as Smut Hut Podcast. Don't forget, Hut is spelled with two T's like Jabba the Hut. Oh, and can I share a secret with you? We have a praise kink. That's right, listeners. The Smut Sisters are all about that praise. And while we would never expect it, you can now buy us a coffee. Find us at Kofi, just like you would on any other platform, under Smut Hut Podcast. That's all for us at the Smut Hut, where you need a teacher. We can show you the ways of the force. This episode of the Smut Hut was edited by Blowjob of the Hut and Boss Nasty. Special thanks to Kevin Woody for our logo and Ramsey's B on SoundCloud for our music. Don't worry, fans, we feel it too. <laughs>